This is the Ezra podcast, and I'll make way b- my way back to MMA. It's been a while. It's been a while since I covered a UFC card or any MMA card for that matter. But I think it's time to make them return. Um, I got to actually DM from my cousin. My cousin's name is Stone. And if you think that's, you know, does he live up to the name? The question is, you know, the answer is quite frankly, no. And it's just, it's more the name. You know, the name just demands a lot from the man. Now, this is a, this is a mountain of a man. I will say that. His, his calves, uh, you know, just by the look of his calves, you could tell he could kick your head right off your shoulders. But he still doesn't live up to the name Stone. Just, uh, it's an unfortunate thing. Uh, I wish we would have came up for a nickname for him. But we didn't. We stuck with Stone, and now when he walks in, disappointment falls. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funnier thinking about, because he DM'd me and motivated me to get back on MMA, to not give up on the MMA uh, coverage of this podcast. And I, I, you know, sometimes you just need that. You need the little push in the direction because sometimes you get a little, um, you get a little negative towards some things, and or you just feel like it that that portion of something or the whole thing isn't just really going anywhere. So I, I needed to hear that about the MMA. I, I miss covering it. I miss, uh, you know, really diving into the fights and calling them and and watching them and seeing if what I said played out. I think I'm pretty decent at it, and the words of encouragement that, he, that my cousin Stone gave me were really appreciated and really much needed, honestly, if we're going to be honest about it. So we're diving in uh, this week. We got a really good uh, UFC card, UFC 276. I mean, just a stack card, um, top to bottom, prelims, everything. This it's, it's it's just a good night of MMA. And, you know, it's a night that they're going to own because there's not really any boxing to compete with it. There's really no uh, major boxing cards to compete with the this card tonight, and I'm I'm actually glad for that. As much as I love boxing, I, I kind of want to just get a night record, just focus on MMA. Sometimes there's just too many screens, honestly. It's too much content. Um, it's too much content to watch and keep up with, and you know, like you have to break down after. It's like you see too much. You're watching two fights at the same time, so to just focus on UFC 276 is really uh. To me, I welcome it. Let me turn this camera just a little bit right here. Right about right there. That's perfect. So let's get to it. Let's dive into the main event. We got Israel Adesanya defending his middleweight title versus Jared Cannonier. Uh Cannonier, who is um, you know, just a veteran of the sport, uh, really had to work his way here. Um, some you know, some uh, up and down moments in his career. Uh, you know, always his run is kind of broken up by a loss. And I think his loss to Whitaker was uh Maybe someone would have said, like, you know, he may never get to that title shot, right? He may never get to the, um, he may never get to be one of the top guys to challenge for the title. And I think that he did earn his way back. I mean, he beats Gastelum and Brunson, who Brunson goes on an amazing run for, especially at that point of his career. He beats these guys, but I think another reason why he's, actually back here for the title too is just because Israel Adesanya is kind of just running through everyone in the middleweight division. And when you do that, um, guys that are at like rank number seven, eight, and nine are start becoming um, viable threats to the the crown, right? Because they just gotta kind of find someone, and you're gonna see that like later on the card with Sean Strickland versus um, Alex Pereira, who versus Alex Pereira, who, who you know Pereira, who just coming coming into the UFC, really just starting his MMA career, 
but has a win over Adesanya in the uh, kickboxing, they, it kind of has already built the storyline. So they're just trying to come up with opponents here, trying to be creative for opponents for Adesanya because that's how dominant he's been in the middleweight division. So that's kind of how Brunson's here. Brunson's not that he didn't earn it because he's definitely earned it. I mean, look at his wins over Hermanson, Anderson Silva, and Gaslam and Brunson alone, right? And he has wins before that, and he's done it in multiple weight divisions. But, you know, if, um, if this were, like, say, the, the welterweight division or something like that, you, you might not get to him. You might not get to Kenanier. Or, you, you know, if it's a lightweight division, you just might not get to him. You might not have these opportunities. But just because all of a sudden he's just kind of cleaning house, he's going to get, it seems like he's going to get to everyone. It really does. It seems like he's going to get to everyone. Now, the question is, does Kenanier have a chance in this fight? And he's a... Um, uh, Adesanya is a minus four twenty favorite, so they they're they're leaning pretty heavily on Adesanya's way in this fight. I think Kenyon does have a chance. I I don't. Um, he has a lot of strength. He has a lot of strength. He has good power in his shots. I think he has good cardio. I think that he could be consistent. Uh, the same consistent energy throughout the fight. The same consistent motor throughout the fight. And Adesanya. You know, could have problems with a guy like that. And especially a guy that's willing to take chances. Like, if you look at the Yal Romero fight. And that's just a guy that's kind of ready to explode. And maybe not the most tech, technically the best guy. But it was just enough aggression and uh, explosion that it kind of just kept Adesanya home. Right? And uh, if you look at a fight like Kevin Gaslam. Where Kevin Gaslam fights very smart. He's very technical. But he is just kind of more willing to, to engage. And when, you know, when he's willing to do that. And when he's willing to do that, kind of really frustrate Adesanya at points, or it kind of uh, catches Adesanya going backwards, or doesn't allow him to get momentum coming forward, and it makes it a tough fight, it makes it an interesting fight. Well, gets Kenyer, maybe he could do something like that. I think that he has the, the ability to do something like that. The problems he has, he kind of doesn't have a lot of craft to his game. I never thought he did. I never thought he did. And I thought when Anderson Silva fought him, that was one of my complaints about putting Anderson Silva with a guy like Kenyer, because Anderson Silva's game is all craft. At the point when he fought Kenyer, he was older. He was on the way out, and it was all about tricks and him setting you up. And that's why the fight with Israel Adesanya kind of uh, went the way it did, right? It wasn't people thought Adesanya was going to go in there and destroy him. And the reason he did it was because Adesanya was smart enough to see the little tricks that Anderson was setting up. So it kept him home. He didn't want to fall into any traps. A guy like Kenya is not going to see those traps. He's not going to see those tricks. He doesn't have that kind of, uh, to me, cage IQ. So he... He was the worst opponent for Anderson Silva because of the traps that Anderson Silva was trying to let you see or trying to, you know, uh, put out there to prevent you from doing anything. Kenny was just didn't see him. He was just going forward. He was just coming forward. So he was real trouble for Anderson Silva at that point. Anderson Silva couldn't keep up with the athleticism and the explosion. That's what Kenny needs to put himself in the position of this fight. Now, uh, you know, they say he switched stance. He could switch stance. Uh, I think from the orthodox is his best stance because of the, he has this very strong jab. He has good power. On the inside, he's very strong. I don't think that Adesanya's going to look for a takedown in this fight. I don't expect that. But even just like on the grappling or like when he gets the elbows in on the inside, it's very dangerous just because of how strong he is and what kind of power and uh, explosion he has in even tight areas. Now, in a stand-up fight, in a kickboxing fight, I would expect Adesanya to win. And I think that Adesanya is going to be... Uh, He's going to be able to eliminate some things with Kenyon's game, like especially like the leg kicks. I don't think Kenyon's going to be very effective with his leg kicks or his kicks in general in this fight. 
I think that a lot of things are going to have to come from his hands, but I think that Adesanya can really take advantage of the holes in the defense of Kananir. You see Kananir, he was actually dropped by Brunson in the fight because he's bound to reach. Um, he overloads at points, uh, becomes kind of predictable in some in some ways. And Kananir's kind of going to have to stick to his fundamentals and trust his fundamentals in this game. Now, be aggressive, be high motor, but don't get out of control. You know, what does it say? Uh, fast, but not in a hurry. That's what he needs to be in this fight. Because if he's going to rush in or be predictable and everything like that, Adesanya is going to be able to catch him. Now, I think Adesanya, um, you know, he's a, he, he does definitely switch stance. And he's very creative what he does. And he starts getting you guessing where he's going high. Uh, he's where he's going up or top. Uh, I mean, up or down, head to legs. And uh, a lot of times, like, if he's in his... Uh, Orthodox stance. He'll do double jab and then a right head kick, right? So just to get you blocking, looking up top, and then not seeing on the other side of his body, he's going with a right head kick. So he, maybe he can, you know, get your hands up, block you, block, and looking on this side of the body, maybe looking for his right hand, and then the leg is going to sneak up on top. Or if he goes to the southpaw stance, which I think could be very effective in this fight, he has this his lead right hand, and he kind of makes it into like a jab hook, right? He kind of, boom, tries to uh, pierce it through. The guard, and I think that that shot could be very effective against Kenanir. I think that if Adesanya's, I think Adesanya's effectiveness in this fight is going to come from him picking spots with his hands and using his reach and kind of getting Kenanir guessing and force Kenanir to react and jump from farther away than he than he should want to in this fight, where he could be effective in this fight. And I think he's going to walk into some big shots. I'm expecting Israel Adesanya to do a lot of damage with his hands. I think that the legs will be able to keep Kenyon on balance, but I expect the hands to do most of the damage. I'm going to say from the southpaw stance, that lead jab right hook, I think it's going to be very effective getting through Kenyon's defense, which, you know, keeps his hands up, but could be leaky with it. Could be too wide. Leave. He's not going to like, you know, it doesn't have like the best head movement. Um, and it kind of stays in the same spot. So I think that he, at the range, Coming in with the height difference, I think Adesanya is going to catch him coming in. I expect a third round TKO to hurt uh, Kenanier. Kenanier could make this fight interesting. I'm not saying he can't, but I think that technical ability, class will prevail over time. I think Adesanya wins this fight. I think that he will face the winner of Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira, which is what happened earlier, which I'm about to break down coming up. And, uh, you know, the rain is going to continue at middleweight. Um, like I said, if Alex Pereira wins his fight or Sean Strickland wins his fight, I think that they could bring something to the table that uh, we haven't seen Adesanya really face since probably Gastelum, right? He's a guy that can has some more craft to a stand-up than all these other guys he's kind of faced. Kananir is going to need to rely on some power. Um, he's going to have to use his aggression, but I just don't think, I think he's going to come up short. I think most people are going to come up short against uh, Adesanya, especially at middleweight. I, I don't see anyone beating him right now. On the co-main event, we have a rematch versus Volk, uh, Volkanovski versus Max Holloway. This is number three. I was just watching number two um, to study for this podcast. I think that uh, that was a very good fight, very technical fight. There were things that I saw that I'm not sure changed at this point, but they are. I do believe these guys are better from that fight. I think they are. I think they're both better. I think uh, Volkanovski is a lot better. I think uh, Max Holloway is... Um, is better. I don't know if he's a lot better. I don't know if he's improved the way that Volkanovski improved. Where Volkanovski could possibly be the best MMA fighter in the world. 
But we're going to see. We're going to see against Max Holloway, who feels that he won the second fight. A lot of people feel that he won the second fight. I thought it was very close. I have no problem with Volkanovski winning. I understand that the knockdowns, especially the second round, people want to say, well, he got dropped. How can you win the round? But, you know, in MMA, because there's so many things you have to worry about, right? And you can... Um, you know, you could be kicking, getting jabbed, and lose your balance, or coming with a knee, or ch- uh, looking to check a kick, come in and get cow with a jab, and fall to the ground. And, it, you know, Volkanovski falls to his knees, right, when he gets hit. Now, I didn't see, like, if he was close to being finished at that point. So, I think that if you fall to your knees, and it's not clear that you're hurt, I, I'm not going to count it as, like, you got dropped. I'm not. There's too much things happening in MMA. There's too much kick guy, kicking guy, punching guy, looking to check kick, guy looking to block, where you could be unbalanced at all times. And if you stumble, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, he dropped him. No. I, to me, I'm like, I want to see clear drop. I want to see a guy that's clearly hurt and could be finished at that moment. I didn't take that from that point, from that part of the fight. So, you know, from what it looks like, oh, he knocked him down three times. Now he knocked him down two times. So, I'll give Max Holloway those two rounds. I give all the other rounds Volkanovski. Um, and what things that Volkanovski did in that fight is that Max came out very good with like using his range, using keeping his limbs long. He kept his arms out of, at range, he kept his legs out of range. So Volkanovski couldn't cover that space. He was very having a very hard time to cover that space because every time he stepped anywhere close, Max Holloway was just able to touch him real quick because his hands were already there. Now Volkanovski starts uh, faking and then re- even releasing the leg kick, so it makes Max Holloway start checking with his lead leg. And when he does that, that means only one leg's on the ground, so he can't move backwards. He can't move anywhere. And that allows Volkanovski to get the distance. Another thing Max does, he kind of stops punching. Maybe he can't keep up the work rate with the punches. So then Volkanovski is kind of moving in without really getting any punishment. And he's able to cover range like that. Another thing Max Holloway does is he, when he punches, he kind of stumbles in. So he starts giving himself up in range. Or he starts, uh, Volkanovski, when he starts using the leg, uh, leg kick, because Max Holloway's using a very wide stance. And he's, you know, being very long about it. So Volkanovski leaves the lead leg kick just so it's land and make him uncomfortable. Then Max Holloway tries to challenge that. But when he tries to challenge it to get the power that he wants, he double steps in. Right, he oversteps in with that kick, and then that allows Volkanovski to respond again. So these are things that need to be fixed for me to Max. Uh, if I'm Max Holloway going to this fight, now I think that they possibly can be fixed because Max Holloway, who I've been saying is one of the best boxers in MMA, especially recently, is becoming a lot looser with his hands, and just, I don't believe he's going to have be as um, patient with his hands as he was in the last fight. I think that he's going to definitely be looser, be ready to let go. But he's going to have to lead. And sometimes he doesn't lead. Sometimes he stares. Sometimes he just wants to respond. No, he needs to lead this. He can't let Volkanovski uh, get comfortable in his movement and get comfortable coming in and out. No, he needs to make him really earn coming in. And when he's on the outside, to know that if he takes any step that goes in a range, he's going to feel something. And don't get too uh, kick heavy with your game because that starts giving up space. and allows Volkanovski to move quicker. That, the motion of the kick allows Volkanovski to start covering up range. Now, the problem Max is going to have is Volkanovski is a lot better with his hands as well. He's actually become a very, very good boxer. And I do a list of top five boxers in MMA. I didn't have Volk in it uh, last time. I would have Volk in it this time. No doubt about it. Volk would be in my top five and possibly my top three boxers in MMA. Max Holloway was in it last time. He was number two. Um, Volkanovski now is very comfortable range. He's uh, very comfortable with his uh, feints with his punches. He's very good at 
with his leg movement of setting up feints with his kicks to go to punches or feints with his punches to go to his kicks or kicks to punches, his leg movement has gotten a lot better. It's gotten a lot tighter. And now he even sits down more on power. He has more confidence in putting his power in his shots. So to me, this matchup, just the way they match up, first of all, body-wise, um, skills-wise, uh, their way they fight, uh, styles make fights, like they say. This is always, to me, going to be a competitive, entertaining fight. Now, I'm going to pick Volkanovski in this re- the rematches because the improvements I think he's made are going to really eliminate probably the parts he was having the most trouble with in the second fight. Now, I'm not saying that Max Holloway didn't improve because I did say he improved, but I still think that he has some of the flaws as far as like waiting too long, uh, allowing you know looking to respond more, and sometimes getting a little bit too kick heavy. And sometimes falling in that he still had in the, the previous fight that gave him trouble. I think Volkanovski improved more. I still think it's a very close fight. I think it's going to be come down the wire. But I think actually not very close. A very competitive fight. But I think Volkanovski is going to win cleaner this time. And it's going to be more clear uh, that his work is more effective. And I think that you're just going to see another level of Volkanovski. I do think Max Holloway will have moments in this fight. But I don't think he's going to win. I think he's going to come up short. I think he's going to give up his range. And I think that sometimes he's going to be responding too much. And I think Volkanovski, when he gets on the inside now, might just be too much with how good his leg movement is with his feints and the way he can fake a kick and go to a punch. And just you watch his legs on the inside. When he's in the mid to close range, look what he's doing. I think that Max is going to be a step behind in this fight. I'm going to take Volkanovski to win by a decision. Uh, on the... Well, I guess it'll be the second fight of the card. Um, Sean Strickland versus Alex Perea. And uh, Perea, like I said, is a kickboxer. His record's only 5-1 and one in uh, MMA. And he, he this is only going to be his third fight in the UFC. And, you know, fighting Sean Strickland, who's close to a title shot, kind of lets you know that if Alex wins this fight, he's probably going to get the title shot too as well as Sean Strickland. So I, I'm saying this. This is the reason why this fight is on the undercard of Adesanya fight, a middleweight title fight, is because the winner of this is going to fight next for the belt. And this is a very interesting matchup. And the UFC did this very well. They promoted this very well, and they matched this up very well. Probably cannot stop an elite wrestler. Probably can't stop a very good wrestler in the UFC. So they've done a good job of matching him up with things that will be more favorable to him or a, a guy that's going to try to grapple with him that doesn't have necessarily the skill set to make him look bad. They've done that. It's not a thing the UFC does often, right, where they match up a guy to kind of build him. And that's what the UFC doing here. They know they have a good storyline. They know they have a good matchup if they can get Alex to win. Now, this matchup right here is, you know, okay, you could make it into a matchup that would... You know, at least it's something he would want to be in, right? It's a stand-up fight. But he's going to have to perform here. Now, it's not going to be the UFC doing it. It's going to be him. He's going to have to win this fight. Because John Strickland, who's been on a run, is very comfortable to stand-up. And especially in MMA stand-up. Because remember, uh, in kickboxing, they have very big gloves. And not just like boxing gloves. No, they have bigger gloves than boxing gloves. And it's a very different style. And the thing is, they don't really have... Like, there's ranges that they don't really do. Okay, there's the ranges that they don't really do. And Sean Strickland is going to apply forward pressure. He's going to look to jab. And don't be mistaken, he is skilled what he's doing. It may not look like it, right? It might look like just basic stuff. But that basic stuff, he's very comfortable. That basic stuff, he's very comfortable. He's very familiar with. He's very good at 
applying his game to someone and the pressure and the constantly making you work and constantly making you react. And he obviously has heavy hands. He don't have the fastest hands, but he has heavy hands. And that jab is, um, he's talented with it. it. Like I said, don't look like much. Sometimes MMA, you, you want these guys to look like boxers or you want them to look like, it's not going to look like that. Sometimes these guys are going to build their own thing and, and it allows you to kind of like underestimate what they really are. And I think people sometimes underestimate Sean Strickland because it, it probably doesn't look like much when you're going to go in there with him. He's like, he looks slow. Yeah, he works a lot, but he looks hittable. He's kind of in the same spot. He's like real tall, legs straight, but it's effective. And I see why it's effective. That jab is constantly working. It's constantly poking. It's constantly in your face. And then he follows up with the right hand. He has a, like a, a check left hook if you come in forward and he has just enough stance. Uh, he knows, understand just enough distance to where you can't really land on him. He can land on you and he's kind of hitting you from like behind the shield and then you go and he just has a little shift hand over in the right spot and he's very tough too. Like he could take a shot. He's durable. And also, you know, he's more experienced in an MMA fight. He just is. He's more experienced. So I think, I know that they're setting this up to be more of a uh, stand-up fight, but I think Sean Strickland would be willing to take this fight to, down to the uh, the ground. I think especially, you know, Sean Strickland's a wild man, so, you know, he might try to prove a point here and saying that he could stand up with Alex Pereira, but I think someone might get in his ear and say, hey, they don't think you're going to take him down. You're right here next to a title shot. You're right here next to a big payday. Why not? Take him down. Beat him down on the ground. I want to see how Alex Pereira just handles the the forward pressure. I think that it might, you know, he he needs some room to to be able to operate. And I know that he's a skilled kickboxer, and I know that people probably think that, you know, standing up with him is a, a really bad idea. I think that Sean Strickland will have success standing up. I don't think that he will for sure win doing that. I, I'm going to be picking him in this fight, but... I think he'll have success. If he just stands up in this fight and he just chooses to be a stand-up fight, he's gonna, I think he's going to have uh, some success. I think Pereira will show some good things too, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Strickland breaks him down and uh, is able to put a beating on him late in this fight. But I also feel really confident because I feel like Sean Strickland is going to go for a takedown in this fight. I think he's going to look to apply forward pressure. I think he's going to use a clinch, and I think he'll look use for the takedown in this fight because I think someone's going to get in his ear and tell him, hey, we're right here next to a title shot. Gotta show some discipline. Gotta show the what kind of level of fighter you are. And this isn't a kickboxing fight. I think it's a very interesting matchup. It's very interesting the way the UFC's attacked this. It's very interesting the way they brought Alex Pereira along. And you know, it's once in a while you get something like this, which is a fun matchup and it's a fun story and could be a really huge story if Pereira wins and goes to fight Adesanya next. But Sean Strickland also brings stuff to Adesanya that would be very interesting. Uh as far as Alex Pereira winning this fight, I think that Sean Strickland is, like I said, he's very straight-legged, very sideways. He le- His front leg's there to be hit. I just don't see, um, as it was, like, uh, Pereira's kickboxing and his MMA fights, he doesn't really have, like, he doesn't really commit to leg kicks, it don't look like. I'm not saying he can't do it. Of course, he's a very talented fighter. Maybe he could apply that, especially to the strategy here. But that I think that would be a major key to victory for him, which is just to chop those legs down and not let Strickland just kind of apply the forward pressure. So with Strickland, you kind of need to show him something that stops him a little bit, that makes him think, makes him not just be able to walk in like that. We're going to see what Pereira has. I think this is a very interesting matchup. It's probably the most interesting matchup on the card just because you just kind of want to see what it's going to look like. I'm really, I'm really excited for this fight. 
on the opening belt of the main event of uh, the pay-per-view, you have uh, Paul Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. Now, Sean O'Malley, who has stated uh, very publicly that he um, he does not want to fight highly ranked guys until he's paid uh, the correct amount, right? Uh, a wage that he feels is uh, good money to fight a guy at that level to take that risk. So, you know, the UFC has kind of followed along with uh, Sean O'Malley's game plan of fighting kind of cans or lower level guys that he can, you know, that are, I guess, equal to the amount of pay that he feels like he receives for those fights. Now, Sean O'Malley is slowly becoming uh, a, somewhat of a star in the UFC. And in an, a time where UFC doesn't really have much stars or doesn't look like they want much stars or look like they're building much stars, Sean O'Malley, you know, sometimes you just can't prevent this. Sometimes the guy just captures the imagination of the audience, and that seems like kind of what Sean O'Malley is doing. Now, this is seems like a stab-up fight. If you look at the odds, it's uh, plus 230 for Munoz and minus 280 for Sean O'Malley. Definitely a closer fight than, you know, the, the ones we've been seeing for Sean O'Malley. I think that he's going to look very good in this fight. I think Munoz, who is willing to brawl, very strong, but lacks the technique and the craft that O'Malley has and the precision that O'Malley has. I think that he can look really good in this fight, could look dominating in this fight, and really put himself, enter himself finally in the conversation for the top guys in his weight class. He's very entertaining when he fights, and it's good, you know, this could be the breakthrough of him as a star, but not only as a star, but as a contender in the the UFC and fighting, going after the top guys. This is a hell of a card. The prelims, like, I mean, uh, Jalil, um, wait one second, Jalil Turner versus Brad Riddle, Robbie Lawler on another card versus Barbarina, Ian Gary, who didn't look too impressive his last time out. Hopefully, you know, he steps it up a little more versus uh, Green, who's aggressive. That's a, that should be an entertaining fight. Don Cerrone on this card uh, versus Miller. So, I believe that Cerrone was supposed to fight last week, and that fight got canceled against uh, Lozon. So, they must have put Miller in. Uh, and Miller's trying to make him make all his way to UFC 300. So let's see, you know, let's see if he uh, how he looks at it. This thing you got Uriah Hall in the early prelims. So it, it's a it's a it's a stack card. Like I'm not I'm not exaggerating. This thing got me to start podcasting again about MMA. I think that uh, there's a lot of storylines here, a lot of interesting matchups, and it should be very entertaining. And it's really the only fight if you uh, this weekend that's you know really worth watching and really worth watching the whole card up and down. This is the kind of the, Reminds me of like old UFC cards where it's just stacked and everything. It's like a very good fight on top of a very good fight on top of a very good fight. The whole thing you should be watching. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the S-Raw Podcast.